Bill Mosley, and I listen to the Skeleton Crew. I like to keep my standards low. That way I'm never disappointed. Welcome, Boneheads. It is here once again, the iconic classic, The Skeleton Crew Horror Podcast. The podcast that will tickle your funny bone and have you screaming for more. Exclusively at Horrorphilia.com with your trio of numbskulls, Jamie Sammons. I, 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 I like it. Dan Chase. I love the fucking you guys, dude. Yo. And Alex Edwards. Yeah, asshole. Woo! You are now entering the bone zone. You're listening to the Skeleton Crew, and down here we all float. Uh, this is Alex. This is Skeleton Crew, show number 141, where we are reviewing it 2017 as we wrap things up. I am joined, as always, by Jamie Sammons. I ain't gonna get it wrong today. I get a punch in the face. <laughs> yeah, today would be a bad day to get it wrong. <laughs> you want to know why, guys? Because guess who else is here? Brian Sammons. <laughs> What's up, man? Hey, how's it going, guy? Pretty good. Um, of course, you are from ABC's of Hidden Horror. Jamie is on that show as well with Daisy. Yep. And everything's as good as always because if you guys are involved, it's a go. I'm just happy to pitch hit when needed. So uh, thanks for having me on. Oh yeah, yeah, that too. Uh so Dan, he the movie is so popular in Boston that Dan was not able to get tickets to watch it. So he's not joining us tonight. Um but I'm sure he's going to have a, his full review on Cut to the Chase. Maybe we'll try to throw something in the Skeleton Crew too. But this is even more incentive for you guys to check out Cut to the Chase. Um you know, it's just like a sister show of this show. So you should definitely be checking that out, too. It's a fun show. I like it. Yeah. And, of course, I just want to mention before you guys check out this review of 2017's It, you should definitely check out the Skeleton Crew 1990 It review. We did that on February 20th. It's on show number 78 of the Skeleton Crew that was just a magical show. It, something really special happened during that review. It was just uh, perfect. It really fit the movie itself. So uh, check that out if you're in a major it mood after you get done with this review. Remember, show number 78, guys. So the one cool thing to talk about for this movie, It, is that it was released 27 years after the original miniseries movie slash movie you know we all treat it like a movie at this point uh with tim curry and that's exactly when pennywise feeds every 27 years so i don't know how that happened i guess i guess they knew it was coming or something i don't know but it worked out um now you when you if you go to watch this movie you might be thinking you're watching stranger things but i've heard that a lot <laughs> And it's funny because even one of the kids are in there, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
I thought that kid looked familiar. <laughs> yeah, the kid with the glasses. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Richie. Richie Tozier, yeah. Um, he was originally played by Seth Green. Now it's uh, this kid, Finn Wolfhard. Awesome last name. Yeah, Wolfhard. <laughs> Here's the cast. The guy, the Jonathan Brandis character, his name, this new kid is Jaden Le- Lieberher. Ben Hanscom, the fat kid, is Jeremy Ray Taylor. Uh, Beverly Marsh, uh, she was iconically played by... Emily Perkins. Yeah, Emily per- Perkins. And this time it's Sophia Lillis. Mike Hanlon, if you can remember that he was in the movie, his he was played by Chosen Jacobs. You remember Eddie Kasprak. He was Jake Dylan Grazer. And if you remember that Stan was in this movie also, you'll know that Wyatt <laughs> Olaf played him. Pennywise is played by a guy named Bill Skarsgård. That's something we should definitely talk about. He was born, actually, oddly enough, the same year that it was released, 1990. So that's kind of odd how, like, all these things kind of line up. Almost makes you feel like the movie was meant to be in general, you know? Uh, so well, the setting, too, because um, it's in the 80s. I think it's technically 89, but, I mean, it's practically 27 years later. I mean, it's... right. On the cusp. Well, that's so they can do the sequel next year and bring, bring it out. And that'll be... That'll be 27. Yep. Yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't like the idea that it's set in the 80s, but I think it was... One, I think it works because of people our age who remember the original miniseries, like when it first aired... We were 80s kids. Like, we were alive during that time. We remember that time, so it feels really nostalgic for us. Also, it works out with the 27-year timeline, which I think is very cool. Right. Um, I mean, I just think there are a lot of cool reasons for it. I mean, if you set it back in the 50s, first off, it would be a retread of what they already did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then when you go forward for the adult version... That would also be a period piece. That would be set in the 80s. Yeah. That makes no sense. And the original movie, they had to go back in time for the kid parts, and then the adults were in present time, which is exactly how they're going to do it again. So Yeah, exactly, yeah. It makes sense. So Plus, how many times are we going to see a Stephen King movie with with bullies who are greasers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, that's uh, – now, this uh, review here that we're going to do, I um, would like to lightly compare the two movies because I think it could bring interesting conversation and it, it – bring, I think it will bring up, yeah, just more topics and things like that. I think it's definitely needed. Um, not saying that I'm stuck on the original, as everybody knows who listens to this show, that the original It, unpopulary, popularly – is in my top 10 favorite horror movies of all time. So this would be like most people watching the Halloween remake to me. Yes, I'm able to separate things. However, when reflecting on the movie, I did think of which I liked better. And it did make me come up with a lot of things to talk about. So I think it'll work here. Uh, The first thing that, you know, we could either start with the kids or start with Pennywise. Where do you guys want to go with this? Uh, Let's... Get the elephant in the room out of the way and go with Pennywise. 
Yeah. Uh, so Tim Curry played him amazingly in the original. And, and everybody says, even if you don't like it, nobody ever takes anything away from Tim Curry as Pennywise. That's the one thing that people just zip it. They don't say shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> so now we talked about this guy uh, whose name I already forgot. Skarsgård. What's his first name, though? Bill. Bill, Bill. Skarsgård. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll say this. When we were first introduced to Pennywise, they completely retreaded the original movie and they did the sewer bit. Now, I got to say, as much as I was like willing to just start fresh with this guy and I figured, well, I'm sure he has something to bring, just like the Joker and the Dark Knight. I, and even though I love Cesar Romero, I still separate. I was like not having it. That was horrible to me. Like he sounded like he was being like a leprechaun. He was like, oh. Last, we're coming to get your balloon. You know, like I don't know what the fuck. I looked at my wife. I was like, "Is he? Is this really? Please don't tell me we're doing this. He's not going to talk like a leprechaun the whole movie, is he?" What did you guys I'm think about Pennywise that? Pennywise the dancing clown. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. Really? Yeah, so did I. Yeah. Yep. From that first scene, um. Well, First of all, you d- you discover they're not pulling any punches. I mean, they're not afraid to take awesome. out. Awesome, yeah. 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 They're not afraid to take out a kid. When that happened, I was like, "Oh, <laughs> shit!" Because <laughs> I mean, that's something you just don't see in movies. And they were like, "Nope." Yeah, in a mainstream movie, yeah, specifically. I mean, they took that kid's arm right off, and I was like, "Damn." <laughs> But I love the scene. To me, there is a very particular moment in that scene that I find truly horrifying. Is it? Yeah, I, I, I know what it is. It's What's that? It's a, it's a thing that they had it in the trailer, and that was the first inkling to me that this movie might actually be good. Okay. Because up, up until then, I was very dubious about it. I was like, I don't know how to... And those are some big clown shoes you're trying to fill, but... uh. <laughs> Well, the the lit the lit eyes were a little odd to me. That I didn't like because it was too obviously CGI. So it wasn't like when they lit Dracula's eyes in 1931. That not that that was great, but it was definitely natural. Um, and in this movie, it was clearly digital. So that already was like, Ugh, this doesn't feel genuine to me. Because even in the original, it you saw like the bloodshot shit that happened. To tim curry's eyes because i guess the contacts were irritating him so you saw like a lot of veins in his eyeballs but that just said to me very natural and realistic and that guy is really down there and all this kind of stuff with this one i almost wondered if the actor was even down there uh or if it was all cgi that's the only you see i love the yellow eyes i love how every time uh it shows up the first thing you see are his eyes. Right. I mean, every time he comes out of the shadows, you see his, his eyes, and then you see the rest of them. And they don't stay yellow all the time. That's like his natural color or something. But then when he becomes Pennywise, they turn blue or whatever his eyes were. They use his eyes to announce his presence, and then they also use it as like when he gets excited about a possible kill or if he gets angry, then his eyes return to yellow. Hmm. I so, love that how we got that fake out in the beginning. Yeah, that's he went to the basement and he thought he saw eyes in the yeah, darkness. Yeah, that was good. 
that was a nice little uh, um, for, like, foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the moment, anyway, where he's like, you know, talking about how he loves popcorn because it goes pop, 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 you know, and Georgie's laughing and he's laughing. And then he just suddenly stops laughing and he has this look on his face. He goes dead. I mean, my blood ran cold. Yeah, I love that. It was chilling. It was, wow. I mean. Because you get a like a glimpse behind the mask. Hmm. It shows you that everything he's doing, that corny voice and it's all fake for the kid yeah he's like oh you like popcorn i like popcorn too and all that cheesy stuff yeah it is just a mask i mean everything he does is a mask but that was just a i don't know something about that was really like like jamie said chilling yeah well just so you know just to clarify when i said glowing eyes i I wasn't referring to the yellow uh eye color i meant did you notice his eyes were a little illuminated like even like they were white, but illuminated while he started talking. I know what you're talking about, and I kind of what I figured was that they might have been digitally enhanced because the way it looked was like his eyes were really prominent in his, the area around his eyes, but like the rest of him sort of faded into the shadows. And I kind of wondered if they just punched it up a little bit so you could see his that part of his face well one thing i noticed about the eyes and it was funny when we were driving home jamie asked me if if i thought the actor was really like this or if they somehow digitally manipulated it but he actually has like a lazy eye or one eye that's that's slightly cocked or something i'm so glad you said that because that's the main thing i always noticed about tim curry and i think they did that as an homage to that oh Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, Tim Curry's yeah, eyes. I was actually trying to picture Skarsgård in Hemlock Grove, and I was thinking, from my memory, his eye might actually be like that. <laughs> I don't know. You see, I, I never noticed that look. before. So, maybe but not, here, maybe not. it was prominent. I mean, every time I saw him, I kept seeing that one slightly wandering eye, and I was like, "Is he just like that?" Or oh, you know what? I'm looking at him right now. He is like that. Oh, okay. That means him and Tim Curry have the same thing going on. Well, that's just, that's weird. Yeah. Wow. I'm sure they didn't cast him for that reason, so it's just a happy coincidence. Guys, I know you don't like him, but his eye's off-centered, and it would be perfect, because so is Tim. Like, right now, I looked up Tim Curry. It's the same eye. that it, Their right eye goes off to the right a little bit. Both of them. Wow. Amazing. Here I am thinking they were just being really smart about it. But it turns out it was just how it is. That's even more eerie, actually. It's even more... It kind of makes me like the movie more. But I think you might be right about them doing something with the eyes digitally. Because it is far more noticeable here than ever for Tim Curry, at least for me. Yeah. Or from the Skarsgård guy and the few things I've seen him do previous. But for some reason, I was always drawn to it here. So maybe they did illuminate the eyes or somehow really want to draw your attention to it. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, as far as everything else, uh, to just round them out so we don't spend too much time on him, we can get to the actual movie. Uh, as far as like what I thought about him, um, let's just say not comparing to Tim Curry because out of the two, I still go with Curry even though I think they gave this guy – a lot more to do and uh 
more action and more creativity. Uh, you know, like Tim Curry didn't do a tenth, seemingly, of what this guy got to do. Uh, he kind of just was there and talked and had to perform his way through the movie. And in this movie, uh, this guy got to showcase uh, not even he barely did anything, actually, because most of it was CGI and effects and cool scenery and cool imagery. So compare it's kind of an unfair comparison. And plus one's film for a TV movie, so they don't have that effects budget either. So it's kind of hard, but. Just giving him his, his own thing. I, I was okay with Pennywise. After that first gutter scene, that I didn't like because I felt like I was watching Leprechaun. But after that, um, he did not really do that thing that much anymore. And I liked his uh, his presence. What do you think? What do you guys think? I really liked him. I think both him and Tim Curry are two different animals. Uh, Tim Curry he's iconic and you're not going to out Tim Curry, Tim Curry. So, uh, uh, I'm glad this guy decided to do his own thing and not go so far down that path. Tim Curry strikes me as his Pennywise was more funny, like more darkly mischievous, but this, uh, Bill Skarsgård, I got more of like a, just an overall more sinister vibe from him. He seemed to bring, like, the hatred. Like, every once in a while, he would do this thing where he, he would let slip the mask. And, and I got the impression that, wow, he really hates these kids. Well, Tim Curry, I was always like, just, he's evil, but he's joyous about it. He's, he's almost kind of like the Joker in that way. You know, he's happy and gleeful while doing... Uh, evil things where this Pennywise, I, I got all his charm and his humor was 100% false. Right. It was, it was purely phony crap. He used to distract and, you know, seduce kids. It was the moments where you could see behind that, that he was really chilling to mm. me. Right. Well, I, and I know this sounds like I'm going to, I'm not going to complain about the whole movie, but one last thing that I did not like about Pennywise, I forgot to mention, is they did this whole, like, uh, early 2000 horror effect on him every time, almost every time he, like, chased a kid or whatever. They had that weird thing where they speed the film up and his head moves back and forth real fast like they did yeah. a zillion times in horror already. Like, I think if they would have done that once, it would have been good. But yeah, they did it like four or five times and it was like, okay. Yeah, I don't, I, I mean, people probably heard me say this. One of the scariest things to me is when something is chasing me or coming after me or like, so all you have to do to freak me out in a movie really is have the monster like coming at someone like that leper scene. Oh crap. That, yeah. That seriously scared me. I was crawling up in my seat. I was grabbing onto Brian. I, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't like that leopard dude at all. But so then when they do the like the shaky thing, it just I, it doesn't really add anything to it for me. Like it doesn't make it scarier. <laughs> um, not to me anyway. No. I love this Pennywise. I think he, he's very different, but I think that's okay. I know a lot of people 
think that they will they prefer the curry simply because they feel like he is more clownish and like that he would be more likely to bring a kid in you know right i don't think either of them really in real life could bring kids in they both look terrifying to me even when they don't there's do one anything part from the original it that i always loved and i wish they would have done more of this like they gave this guy bill a chance to do but it's the first time we see pennywise in the laundry mm-hmm. um when he's like, oh, hi, and he's all smiling at the little girl. Right. And then they do a quick cut, of just a one or two second shot of Tim Curry. And he does what like this guy does. He He's like all dead. Um, and he's almost like snarling. And some, I just, I, I, <laughs> I just really like those glimpses behind the mask. It reinforces that this is just. You know, something he does as a game, as a as a disguise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, does anyone recall? Was Will Poulter ever attached to this film to play Pennywise? Uh, there was a comedian that was supposed to play him a while ago. I don't okay, know. Okay, was, was he the, the kid from Meet the Millers? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's Will Poulter. Okay, I thought so, and then I thought he would have been really cool because, like, he's got that natural eyebrow thing that just looks weird to me mm-hmm. but and i actually couldn't remember going into this if it ended up being him or not because like if you i had forgotten all about it being scars guard i didn't actually remember who it was right me neither actually um, but he does that he but we were when i was looking at him i was like did they stay with that guy because he has that you can see eyebrows and they're like funky looking eyebrows now i guess they're just done that way like that's just the makeup but i was looking at it yesterday while we were watching the movie i'm like god that will kid would have been great (laughs) yeah he does have those eyebrows that raise up on the side uh real quick you mentioned this whole shaky head charging at the camera kind of thing Mm -hmm. um there was one scene in it where it's it's the scene where he comes after bill in the basement oh yeah He's all, whoa, 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 and, you know, shaking and jittering, running at him. Bill runs up the stairs, and then they show Pennywise. He, like, kind of hits the stairs. He, like, lays down. Oh, <laughs> but his eyes roll in the back of his head, and he just slowly withdraws. Again, that was, I just really liked that, because it was like, well, I, I don't need this clown anymore. So he's just going back to his natural form. And that scene probably would have been the only and best time to use that shake because the water splashing around and everything. Yeah. yeah, It made it terrifying. I think if they had done it just that time, it would have been perfect. Yeah. Like many movies, though, they find something that they think works and then they just rely on it too much. One thing I'll say about Pennywise, and I guess this is more about it, um, is I really like the fact that we got so many different versions that was of cool. it, that it was so many different things. And it wasn't, I mean, I get it. When you get Tim Curry in your movie, you're going to use him every possible yeah. second. You're going to use him as much as you can. But then the problem with that is then it becomes a scary clown movie, which a lot of people, when they think of it, they think of it as a scary clown movie. And that's not the point. And that that actually hurt the ending more because 
you built that whole thing and then he's just not there at the end. Yeah. Right. Um, if I remember correctly, it's been some years, lots of years since I read the book, but I believe in the book, Pennywise isn't such a main focus. I mean, he shows up from time to time, but there's also all these other Mm -hmm. shapes of it. I mean, I like the fact that it sort of morphs into your nightmares. It's, it's whatever's going to dig into you the most. And, you know, for kids, like, I thought it was funny, when Richie was like, you know, I'm scared of clowns. You yeah. know? I'm like, oh, well, isn't that convenient? <laughs> um, but I like the fact that here, each kid was affected differently by whatever affects them personally. Well, the original genesis for this story in Stephen King's mind was he wanted to, he, he was trying to do a story where you could have the mummy and a werewolf and a vampire. So that's that's how I came up with it, that whatever you are most afraid of, it became. Yeah, and I think it works, and I think they used or they utilized those ideas here better than they did in the original. Yeah, because in the original you get him as, what, the teenage werewolf guy and— A mummy. I, I think once—yeah. So they did a little bit of that in the original, but here they just embraced it more, I guess. Beverly's father. Yeah. And I think— um, I think that really is because Tim Curry. Yeah. Well, of course. I mean, Tim Curry is such a badass. Yeah. When you pay him to do a job, you're going to do as as much much with him as you can. Yeah. Yeah. And so here, I think it was a smart move for them to go the route of taking a lesser known, someone who's not going to overshadow the character with their actual persona. Yeah. It's, It's basically a blank slate. I mean, we knew who he was. Like, we know we've seen him. Like, we've watched Hemlock Grove. We know him from that. So people are aware of him. But when you're looking at the makeup and you're seeing the clown, you're seeing the clown. When you're looking at the original, I see Tim Curry, regardless of how much makeup you put on him, it looks like it's just Tim Curry to me. See, luckily, I didn't know Tim Curry when I started watching that movie. So I I just see the clown. (laughs) Okay, that'd be cool. Well, like, at that point, I already loved Tim Curry. I always had a big crush on him from, like, Rocky Horror Picture Show, Clue. He's the only good part of that that fairy tale movie of Tom Cruise, Legend. Legend. Yeah, he was great there. Yeah, he was. Uh, So, yeah, I was very familiar with him, and I was actually excited when the miniseries came out because Tim Curry was playing that role. Because I already loved him and I thought he would be fantastic, and he was. Yeah. But I feel like his persona overshadowed the character, whereas with Skarsgård, people aren't as familiar with him. So you can just, when you look at him, all you see is the clown. Well, let's talk about the kids now. Um, New crop of kids. One of the things Dan Chase complained about when we reviewed the original It is that he said the kids were crap actors. I, I, t- I don't know. I, I see what he means, but I don't exactly agree. I think, a, you know, some of them were not that good. Uh, not, number one, Bill in this movie is just a bad of a stutterer as Bill is in the original. I mean, the two of these kids <laughs> yeah. never heard anybody stutter before. Because uh, <laughs> it is horrible. <laughs> Um, I don't know why you'd hire somebody like that for your movie. 
<laughs> it's just unbelievable. Uh, but now th- the kids, I felt there were no weak links in acting. Uh, if anything, the black kid, I guess, was not that. Mike Mike Hanlon's not really that great of an actor. I just feel like once again, he. I mean, I know that's just his character, I guess, but he just didn't have very much to do. And I know he was an outsider. He yeah. didn't live in the town, you know, but. He's the last of the losers, too. Yeah. He has no presence. Yeah, but the other kid had something to him. He had an energy to him. This kid is just like, ugh. They also, in the original, they gave him the backstory that he was all uh, fascinated by history and he dug up all the. Exactly, yeah. In this one. They gave him more to do. Yeah, in this one, they give that to Ben. So now this poor kid really has nothing, nothing. to do. Right. <laughs> so that's weird. And then. Then the other kid who has, like, nothing really in this movie is the Jewish kid, uh, who they really go heavy with the Jewish thing in this movie. And I've, I found that weird because, like, I thought, okay, well, I guess it'll uh, it'll all culminate into something. Maybe there's a point to what his religion is. Uh, you know, in the original movie, all they say is, Danny's a Jew, so he sa- he's smart and he says oi a lot. In this one, he's, a, he's in a fucking yarmulke. He's, like, sitting there trying to do the Torah like the only thing that got us is him going into a room to put a book away and seeing a painting. And I'm like, well, fuck, you couldn't figure out any other way to do that. than have us spend five minutes on his religion. Like that. What the hell does that have to do with anything? One thing I thought was odd is originally he was an outsider, a loser because he was Jewish. Okay. He was like the one Jewish kid in school. So that's why everybody was like, oh, he's a loser and whatever. Yet here, his dad is a rabbi and they have a synagogue in Derry. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's which would tell me the 50s. Well, yeah, I know. But that would lead you to believe there's more Jewish people here. If so, then he should not be such an outsider, an outcast <laughs> because he's Jewish. Right. Well, which they didn't actually mention yeah. in this film. I mean, they, no one said you're an outsider because you're a Jew that I recall. No, no. So you don't really know why he is. And the thing is, he doesn't have much to his character to begin with. The only thing he has is being Jewish. Yeah. You don't know (laughs) anything about him other than he's a Jew with a little Jew fro. (laughs) And that's it. That's it. That's all there is to him. You know, he and I know that in the later in the second half, his character won't. It won't matter anyway. He won't, yeah. he won't return, Jamie. <laughs> he does not return to dairy, guys. Um, he, he he just couldn't handle making out with that painting girl. No. Yeah. <laughs> that, that scene was creepy, though. I do got to say, I love that because when I was a little kid, my grandmother had a creepy painting. It was just some, like, wailing guy. I, <laughs> it's like, I can barely remember it, but he had, like, a beard and, like, a rain slicker, you know, like some... Like the Gordon's Fisherman or something. But something about that just creeped me the hell out. We had a, in my den when I was growing up, we had a matador and a Spanish lady. I don't know why. Was she hot? <laughs> yeah, she was. She was She was actually very pretty. Um, I was actually <laughs> referencing was... the movie, too. When In the painting, he goes, is she hot? No, Richie. Yeah. She wasn't No, hot. she's not hot. And it's funny because that's what I would ask because you said Spanish girl. That's a, what a yeah, weird that's coincidence. Right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I was right in your wheelhouse there. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the matador never bothered me, but this 
Spanish lady would follow you everywhere you went. Like her oh, eyes would mm, follow you, that's and, hot. and that would freak me out. <laughs> but she was wearing this. Do you like, still have it? Hot pink. No, no, twenty, thirty-five years ago. She was wearing hot pink. What? Short shorts? Wait, no. She was wearing like this really tight-fitting flamenco dress hmm. that was hot pink, and then she had like her hair up and a comb in her hair. You know the oh, yeah. decorative, and she had a shawl. But how about this? Now, I want to talk about, like, you know, we talked about how Georgie finally got his arm. Oh, by the way, spoilers, guys. Uh, <laughs> is it okay that I mentioned it 30 in minutes first, into the? Yeah. <laughs> that's in the first, like, five minutes of the movie, so I don't think it's going to matter. Okay. Yeah, guys, spoilers the rest of the way. Um, so Georgie gets his arm bitten off and all that stuff, and it's obviously way more extreme than, um, you know, the original movie. Now, they have... There's two things I thought were very strange. So they go more extreme with Ben Hanscom because in the original movies, like cut him, huh? Cut him. You're not really going to cut him, are you? Bowers or whatever. And he doesn't. And then this kid just kicks him and he falls out. I'm going to bury you. You're dead. As he's still rolling down the hill. And I pointed that out. Like, couldn't you wait till the guy landed at the bottom? You're going to yell at him while he's still rolling down the hill. And <laughs> in, in this movie, they did the same goddamn thing. They still yelled at him while he was rolling. Down. Like, they didn't even wait for him to land yet. So I can't hear you. I'm rolling. Yeah. Hold on, guys. Uh, so th- now the extreme part is that they didn't even discuss this cutting him thing. They just this guy just runs a knife. He, uh, he puts an H in his body for Henry and um, it's, it's, it's like they do this all the time and how is this allowed? I don't know how this kid is not in juvie hall already. If this is like a normal thing, the way they acted now, they do that yet in the original movie with the black kid, they drop the N word and here they do not. Now I was waiting for this to drop the whole, uh, beginning and even second interaction with Bowers and this black kid because, I was sitting next to a black guy in the theater. Like, he was one or two seats over, and I was like, ugh. I'd turn to Tiffany, i go, God, once they once they drop this word, it's going to be so uncomfortable. Like, you know, <laughs> sitting next to this kid. So, I'm waiting for it and waiting. Like, I got, like, a sweat bead dripping down my head. Like, oh, God, it's coming. And it never happened. Now, why do you think they didn't do that? It's It's funny you say that because... I picked up on that too. When we left the theater, I told Jamie, you know, they make Henry really despicable. I mean, like evil. Yeah. I mean, he cuts the fat kid. Um, hell, he kills his dad. Well, I was going to say it, but yeah, (laughs) (laughs) he straight out kills his dad. And, but yet he wouldn't use that. Right. And, I'm sorry, this is the kind of asshole that would use that kind of language. Yeah. Because it, it seemed like his problem uh, with the kid was he's black. Right. And that's why he was like, you stay out of my town. We don't want you here. Right. Um. So then why wouldn't he go there? Right. I can only assume because of all the racial issues these last couple of years, they decided not to go that way. Well, I mean, no one uses that word anymore except for Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> um, 
because there is such a there's such a stigma attached to it. It's but that's why won't they'll go they'll rip a kid's arm off and drag him into the sewer, blood in the street with him screaming his head off. But they're not going to drop the n bomb. Yeah, uh, and that's just I think that's just the you see. But that I think that's in. why it should have been there because it just the only people who do use it are the truly despicable ones. Right. Right. Are I the mean, out and out assholes and they know what power it has so that's why they use it they revel in that right like if bill said it secretly when he was just hanging out with like two of his friends or something then we would have all felt this discomfort because like wow a guy that we sort of like that's how he talks you know but with if henry bowers did it we'd be like yeah that's pretty much right up his despicable it gives you one more one more reason why he's a he's an asshole yeah but I'm just saying, in general, they're not gonna. All right, there is an episode of Little House on the Prairie, and all right, just follow me here. From I, it to Little House on the Prairie. Okay. <laughs> See where we go here. And somewhere, um, and of course, that shows from the '70s. It sort of leaked into the early '80s. But there is an episode of that TV show with Todd Todd Bridges as a guest star. And he has, like, basically what happens is his family moves into town, and they're the only black family that lives in Walnut Grove. Well, one of the asshole kids starts dropping the N-bomb. Like, he's, you know, just being a dick. And the whole episode is about how that's a hurtful word, and you shouldn't use it. That's the whole point of the episode. But in... I saw that episode a few years ago in syndication. They beeped it? And they completely edited it out. Yeah. Wow. So, so the whole episode now. The whole episode is pointless. Yeah. I mean, you basically neutered the episode that is supposed to be teaching people why that's a hurtful word, why you shouldn't use it, you know. I mean, there's a there was actually good intent behind that trying to teach people not to be hurtful and mean, but then you censor out the word and it completely takes away the whole punch of the episode. There's no point. Yeah. So I think we're so hypersensitive to things like that, particularly these days, that if they don't feel it's necessary, they won't. And I honestly, I can see your point, and I know that he did actually use it in the original um, and it makes sense because that's his motivation. And so if he did use it here, it wouldn't have surprised me. I would have been like, yeah, he's a dick. That's his motivation. Also, if you'll remember what actually brought up that conversation when we were coming home yesterday, is I was talking about how I like the fact that they use the term faggot, not because I walk around calling everybody faggots or You're anything a like that. horrible person. But <laughs> no, but because in the 80s. Yeah. Kids would have used that term. Oh, it was all over the it movies was, at the time. Well, it was everywhere. Look at Teen Wolf. Yeah. You know, it's, um, and that's, that's just the way people talk. That's the way kids talk. Yeah. It seems natural. It seems normal. I think it's in and weird whether, signs even or something. Yeah, it's it is. It's everywhere in the 80s because that's, and it wasn't even a malicious thing. Well, no. It was just a thing. I mean, you know, I I admit when Bill I was a kid, when they hug and then they're like, "fag." Well, yeah. I mean, I, when I was a kid, we'd all call each other, "You're a fag." I'm not your fag. We didn't even mean it as a homosexual remark. I wasn't saying to my friend, 
you are a homosexual man. It was a, you know, just you're a fag. What right. is it? I don't know. You just don't want to be one. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, as fans of the book, how do you guys feel how they ixnade the uh, orgy scene? Because Jonathan Orr was talking about how he's looking forward to that for whatever bizarre reason. Now, uh, every now. I think it was supposed to, ha- I don't know, but was it supposed to happen when Beverly was in a trance? Because when he kissed her, that was the only sexual type context, and uh, uh, even that's lightly, though, to bring her out of it. Um, if I remember correctly, the book, the ending of the book is more like how they did it in the miniseries than the movie. In other words, in the book, I don't think Beverly was kidnapped. She wasn't like the reason the kids went down into the tunnels. Right. Uh, she was with them, and if I remember, they are, they get in the sewers, and they're all scared, and they're getting lost, and they don't know what to do, and they're fighting with each other. And so she gets this wonderful idea, hey, let's all screw. It'll bring us closer together. And I guess symbolically, it's supposed to show maybe like the, the loss of innocence, because, you know, they went into the the sewers as children. Right. And they came out as men. Yeah. But honestly, I never liked that either. I mean, it was just weird and creepy and, like, unnecessary. I think King was on coke. Oh, yeah, he probably was. Uh. And honestly, I'm glad they left it out, too, because it doesn't make any sense. I mean, it just doesn't feel organic to me. It seems like it it seemed to me. I can't think of a way that they would put that in the movie where it wouldn't seem forced. Yeah, right. There's no way. You know, it's not necessarily orgy. It's a gangbang. You know, there's only one girl, so she's going to be busy and sore. And then them always referencing that she's the whore of the neighborhood and stuff. They didn't do that to Beverly in the original movie. The The only thing was uh, you, you're doing something you shouldn't with some boy this, with the letter and stuff. Uh, yeah, it wasn't very – it wasn't as sexual. No. Well, here's something I noticed, and I tried to remember. I don't think it's in a miniseries, and – well, I'm pretty sure it's not in a miniseries – and I don't think it was part of the book. It was a whole weird incestuous vibe. Oh yeah, Beverly and her dad. It was not in the miniseries. Well, no, it was like a, it was a a molestation thing. Yeah, know? like that's why she's still cut her my hair. little girl. And yeah, yeah exactly why she cut her hair. Which in the miniseries, and I, if I remember correctly, I could be wrong. But in the book, it was just he was an overprotective asshole. You know, he was just. You know, you will obey my authority kind of guy. That's all. And here, here it was, was, ugh. He didn't want any competition, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and it's. I thought it was interesting they hired a redhead this time because that whole line, your hair is winter fire, January ambers, my heart burns there, that, that should really refer to red hair. And she was a redhead in the book, but... uh. Okay. Well, I'd still rather have Emily Perkins. <laughs> I wouldn't mm-hmm. sacrifice her for her hair color, so I'm good. Uh, so how do you guys feel that instead of uh, that awesome, what is it, like a refinery in the miniseries, in the in the, in the the water, the Barrens, yeah. Uh, how do you feel that that's gone and instead you have a haunted house? I, I kind of don't like that. Now, I don't know if that was in the book. You know, that's a good point. I was trying to remember, is this how the book went? And I knew they had a spooky house in the book, but I don't know if the well was in the basement that led to Pennywise was in the book. Um, yeah, I'm not sure why 
a house was around the well that sort of that all the pipes culminated to yeah, in just, the town. It doesn't really make any sense. I mean, like, okay, maybe there used to be a well house there, and then you built this mansion on top of it. But then the mansion is old and dilapidated, so it makes it seem like that was the well house, which makes no sense. Why yeah. would you build a house like a houses are built over wells all the time, but they usually seal up the well. They get rid of the foundation around the hole. Well, no, I get that, but this was like the well house. Like this was the the apex of all of those the sewers. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they just wanted together. to have a, a creepy house to play in. You're gonna stick a house on top of that, like a residential house. I don't. Just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Well, they have a well to hell in Amityville. Why not here? Yeah, but that's a single well. That's not a opening to every sewer in the city. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, basically, this is like an aqueduct system and everything all comes together at this point. This was a big deal in the town when they need when they used the well house. Yeah. Well, uh, so want to talk about some of the greatest scenes. I mean, how about, you know, the slideshow scene when they're looking. Ah, I loved it. Yeah. When he is huge and just popping out because that's obviously a a reference to the original scene where the kids are looking at the book and all of a sudden the picture starts playing as if they're watching a little movie and Pennywise runs up to their point of view and sticks his hand out of the book. I liked that too. Yeah, that was amazing. And that's what this is. So, but man, just the the way, the, the colorfulness and that boldness of that image of him being gigantic like that in the garage. Yeah, that was cool. It's amazing. The only thing I kept wondering as I was sitting there is how come every time Pennywise chases him, he doesn't seem to have the power to like just kill them or just do whatever he wants to do. It's almost like he just wants to scare him, which would make sense because... Uh, the fear makes them more delicious. And I suppose. Why this group of kids when he's killing off other kids immediately all over town. Right. Why particularly this group of kids is he? Well, that's suffering? A, that's a holdover from the novel. I mean, Stephen King, he always has these, these pseudo mystical, magical things. And the idea is these kids are special. Um, you know, they were like a, preordained to come together and beat Pennywise. There's this whole thing with the where Pennywise is the bad side of the universe is a good side with the turtle. Right. And all that stuff. And somehow these kids were aligned with the turtle. He protected them in the dark tower that just came out. I haven't seen it, but in one of the trailers, they show a scene in the sewers with Something like the turtle cannot protect us written on a wall. It's it's a nice little nod to Stephen King. Uh, there's a whole bunch of them in that movie. And so when I saw that, I recognized, oh, that's from it. Yay. And I was expecting for them to do something like that here. And no, they never did. Right. Uh, they They might in the next one. Maybe. I honestly think the book works better if you get rid of that because it's like this weird whole a uh, pseudo religious kind of thing that well, he, can't... he has those. Yeah. He does you know? <laughs> play around with that um, in the dark tower and stuff. And I don't think this movie needs us. A lot think of it's... times he has uh, simultaneous 
storylines that are going on or ideas that yeah. are going that are running through his novels that if you want to turn them into a, a film if you want to adapt them a lot of times it's it's so much easier just to get rid of that yes you know so when you're reading like the, the kid orgy right i mean so when you're reading a stephen king book you are going to get a lot more than if you're just watching a movie but that's because it is fucking impossible to adapt one of his novels as is no. to screen. Yeah. There's so much going on all the time in so many different directions, you just couldn't do it. So you have to basically streamline it. Yeah, it's like a thousand pages. Oh, yeah. This was his first big book he ever did. I remember it was a, it was a fucking... My aunt used it as a doorstop <laughs> in her bathroom. I remember she had this... And that's actually when I read it. I went to spend the summer with my aunt when I was 11. And she had this one bathroom that the door would swing closed all the time. Like it was hanging wonky. So you couldn't just leave the door open. It would swing closed. So she actually had this book (laughs) used as a doorstop to keep the bathroom door open. That'll do it. (laughs) And that's how I found the book. And that's when I read it was over that summer when I was 11. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. It's, uh, you can only put so much in. It is what it is. But one thing they put in that was not in the original miniseries is you actually get to see Pennywise the Dancing Clown this time. No, I yeah. I like that, too. <laughs> I like that because he, he, the look on his face, he looks pissed when he's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I like the fact that his head doesn't move yeah, and, like, the rest cool. of his body is, is like, like, doing exactly the dance that I pictured he would do. Yeah. But, like, his face isn't moving, so that looks really sinister. It has, um... Yeah, it's finally humor of some kind. You know, there there is a lot of humor to the audience. Like, let's not forget this. The kids, uh, oh my god, with the F-bombs, the sexual oh, yeah. innuendo beep, jokes. Beep, beep, Richie. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean... Uh, Tiffany was actually uncomfortable with how many times the kids said fuck. She was like, why, why, what... I do understand that they do talk like that when no one's around, but do they have to do it so often? And there was a point where I thought it was a little heavy too. And then, then they stopped for a good portion and then they dropped two more, uh, I guess sexual or just F bombs or whatever. And I loved them because they were so good. Like one of them was, I can't believe I pulled the short straw. You're lucky we weren't measuring dicks. Measuring Measuring dicks. Yeah. (laughs) Like that was great. And then there was a a semi funny joke about, um, the blood all over the bathroom. Uh, someone's mom's vagina or something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the thing is that's, you know, I, it didn't bother me at all because kids cuss. Yeah. And kids cuss a lot because when you're and then that is an actual thing. You know, it's when you are away from your parents and you hear like the adult language when you're growing up and you know you can't talk like that around your parents. So when you're away from your parents, you do it a lot just because you can. I remember when I was in the third grade, my best friend and I and we're still best friends to this to this day. Hey, practice cussing. <laughs> you know, I mean, like we were like, OK, this is when you use this word and this is when you use this word. If you're talking to a guy, you call him a bastard. If you're talking to a woman, you call him a bitch. Like we're actually going down the rules of cussing. I know? had a, a friend across the street. He would like to he, he would come up and go, hey, let's go to the park so we can cuss. <laughs> oh, my God. 
So we'd walk a couple blocks down to the local park, and then he would, you know, just, you know, cuss, 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 cuss. Fuck shit, bitch, cunt, motherfucker, cocksucker. On the way back, there was like an imaginary line, okay, we gotta stop. (laughs) Oh my god. Well, I guess that's something besides us going smoke. Yeah, I mean, to me it was never that important to do it or not to do it, but he had a, okay, what, we're too close to home, we gotta stop. When I'm listening to these kids, to me, they just sound like kids. Yeah, they sound like kids I knew. Kids make, and boys in particular, I hung out with boys a lot. So, I mean, it just... Oh, you were the, you were the bevy of the group? I was yeah, going to say, okay. were you town whore? <laughs> um, <laughs> the town whore. All right, yeah. <laughs> all right, I admit it, why? But, I mean, boys cuss a lot. In, I mean, well, hell, my best friend and I did, and we're girls, but boys even more so and they tell dick jokes yes they do. and they make fun of their friends and they call them gay and they you know i mean that's just what boys do do they swim in underwear a lot <laughs> i don't know but i wish fat kid would put on his shirt his nipples disturbed me <laughs> oh god because they went in where the nipple yeah. pointed right they were innies not outies yeah the nipples were innies <laughs> um yeah tits needs to put on his shirt yeah <laughs> yeah, at that point, I was agreeing with the guys who made fun of him. I did think that kid was cute, though. He was okay, but... Well, are, are there any kids from the miniseries you like more than the kids from the movie? Or are there some kids from the movie that you noticeably like more than the miniseries? I know Emily, Emily. Alex <laughs> likes Emily Perkins. Okay. Okay, I'll go down the line. Ready? Uh, well, yeah, let's do a really fast. If you guys could think, I know you can very quickly on your feet. Let's let's all answer this really quick. Here, ready? I'm just put, typing it in so I could just say all the names, and we'll say original or remake for every kid. Okay, we'll do it in order of Brian, since he's the guest, Jamie, and then me. Ready? Okay. Bill Denenborough. That is really tough, but I will go with the original. Okay. Ooh, remake for me. Uh, I'm split, but I'm leaning towards the remake. Uh, ben Hanscom. That is the original. That was, that's the easy one for me. Uh, I thought the kid was fine, but of a, out of all the new kids, he was the one I uh, <laughs> attached to the least. Oh, I, yeah. oh, oh. <laughs> I did like Hang those. That was funny. I did like those references, and I it was pissing me off though because I'm like, so many people are not going to get no. it. when they drop like you know the right stuff, or you know, I'm like, she's like, hang tough. She's like, hang tough, new kid. And I'm like, nobody's going to get that. I love when they were in his room and she found a poster on the door. <laughs> He's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. so oh, dude, that was him. so gay. <laughs> <laughs> he was a fag. He's such a faggot. <laughs> uh, anyway, I agree with you. I I like the new kid. I think he was, I think he was fine. He, I thought he was adorable, but I really did like the original one. I always thought he was great. Uh, believe it or not, I'm going with the remake. Uh, there's something he had much more depth and likability to me than than Haystack. Um, okay, Beverly Marsh. Um, honestly, I like the remake better. Me too. Uh, uh, I really love her. I think she's really great, but I can't... I mean, it might be nostalgia, but I cannot give up Emily Perkins. 
I've never been a big Emily Perkins fan on the whole. No, like, even I don't in Ginger Snaps, I'm, yeah. I'm not. I mean, she's okay, but she never seems to have any emotion. Yeah. Uh, she's very subdued. As far as the new one, I didn't think I was going to like her from the trailers. Exactly right. And yeah. then I fell in love with her. Yeah. Uh, Richie Tozier. Uh, the new one, uh, easily. And I really like Seth Green, but I never liked that character in that miniseries. Oh, man, that's tough for me because Richie would not shut his goddamn mouth in this movie. I'm like, ah, I wish, I mean, and which is interesting, nobody said beep, beep, Richie, except for Pennywise. Yeah. Which didn't make any sense since the kids didn't say it. It, made it was no a sense cool for throwback for the fans. I guess, but I'm over here going beep, beep, Richie, beep, <laughs> beep, because goddamn. Yeah, move on. I really like that kid. But I love Seth Green. Like, I've always been a huge Seth Green fan from way back, even before this, when he was in, like, Can't Hardly, I mean, Can't Hardly Wait, um, Can't Buy Me Love. Right. He was just a kid then, but, like, we were about, we were the same age, you know, so I always really liked him. I don't know. I'm going to, I like them both. Uh, I go with the remake. He, the, uh, the, the original guy, I didn't even... I didn't even like his jokes or anything. Uh, Gunga Doom. Yeah. yeah, very corny. Nothing was funny about him. and It was like Red Skelton, you know? <laughs> this kid reminded me of me, but a yeah. little more funnier. I have no one writing for me, unfortunately. but uh, <laughs> So I liked him on that level. Like, I could relate to this kid way more. I was that wise-ass sort of kid uh, growing up, so... He is definitely one. Now, this will th- th- this is easy, I think. Uh, Mike Hanlon. I think both of them are kind of just... There? Yeah, I mean, very flat. They really didn't get a whole bunch of stuff to do. So, for me, that one's a wash. I like them both about the same. Okay. Me too. There's just sadly not much to the character. No. And so, they, so therefore, the actor doesn't get to do all that much. Right. I will say the new one, I did really like the scene where he got freaked out when he was delivering the meat. I was just thinking, he did scared really good. Like yeah. when those burnt hands were coming out of the door, he really looked terrified. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the kid could act, but just I didn't really much care for his character one way or the other over the other one. I did not like the sheep scene. I'm going to go on record and say that oh, I don't yeah. feel we needed to see him actually shoot the sheep with yeah. the bolt. I didn't need that. I know how they work. You don't <laughs> have to show me. And that made me mad. Yeah, that was just odd. Uh, I go with the original. This kid did nothing for me. Uh, Stanley, the Stan the Jew something, Uris. Uh, what do you think of him? Which one do you like better? They're almost a wash, but... At least this Stan had a little bit more to do, had more of character trait, you know, with the fear of the painting and stuff. Um, and also, he was the one who was, why they all were, had doubt about going after Pennywise or going into the sewers. He was the one who was most like, nope, 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 nope. So, I guess the remake. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember Stan from the original. I have no, I cannot picture him in my head oh, at all. Oh, he was the I Boy can... Scout one. He kept on reciting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had dark hair, like short cropped dark mm-hmm. hair. Okay. Yeah. I'd say this one. Because I just, I just remember him, I remember him wearing the Boy Scout uniform. 
I remember that scene in the cafeteria where he's walking with Seth Green. And the only reason I remember that is because we just saw it on film then. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he just didn't leave much of an impression. So I'll go with the new one. Yeah, new one, obvious for me. Uh, there were so many issues with that character from the original that I was just like, uh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, remake. Uh, that kid has way more depth. Um, he's better at acting. And um, that's about it. Points for the Jufro. Yeah, Jufro, too. Uh, last kid. Uh, well, there's one more kid I definitely got to get into because there's definitely something to talk about. Uh, last kid, though, for the the loser group is Eddie Kasprak. Okay. Um, That's rough for me. Yeah. I tell you, the original kid, he looked frail. Mm-hmm. He looked small and sickly, so I believe that a lot more. And I just, whenever I think of him, I think of that awesome scene of Pennywise coming out through the drain in the kid's shower. Mm. Oh, yeah. They didn't do that here. No. And hello, Wheezy. Hey, I love Weezy. that. <laughs> but this new one, I just liked more as a character. I mean, I I could be friends with this kid more than I could the other. So I'm probably going to go with the remake. Hmm. I think this is another... I mean, they... I agree with everything you said. I think the 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 first one, he was... He did seem frail. He did seem sickly. This one, though, I loved his character, like his little, he had all these little. um, I love that he told his mom off in this one. Yeah, that was great. I mean, he did. He had all these little like, oh, did you know that, you know, 98 percent of the. Yeah. um, And everything freaked him out. But then when he found out that there was really no reason for it, too, he was like, fuck you. you I like when he calls the pills. You know, they're placebos, but he goes, you they're know what gazebos. these are? They're gazebos. <laughs> There's gazebos. Great. They're bullshit. <laughs> they're bullshit. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I do like the, I, oh, that's rough, because I always thought Eddie was adorable in the original one. I loved him. But I do really like this one, so I'm going to go with this one. Um, So I'm going to go with the original. He just, like you guys said, he seemed weak and frail and, just the way he spoke and everything else. This kid seemed more angry and whiny to me a little bit. And yeah, he seemed very angry. Uh, like I can't picture him without seeing an anger face on his face. Um, and stuff like that. Uh, I do like the rebellious moments. I remember he had one more outburst. I really liked where he said, fuck everything or something like he did something where he screamed something. I just can't remember what it was only seeing it once. But I did like that. I just feel the rest of the time I I didn't care for him too much. So I definitely am going with the original Eddie Kasprak. Now, the last guy I just want to go over real quick is Henry Bowers. Because that's sort of an important character. The main bully of the movie. You got the greaser, the 50s greaser. Or you got like this half an inbred country bumpkin kid. <laughs> Um, 80s mullet kid yeah 80s mullet kid right exactly so where are we going with that um i gotta go with the new one i think it was far better fleshed out and he had better moments like the first kid uh, in the miniseries you don't know why he's so god-awful angry hey he does have a throwaway line of my dad's gonna tan my hide but 
here you actually get to see that. And I love the scene where in the new movie he's out shooting a gun and his dad comes up. I mean, first you just think it's a cop who is going to bust him. But then you realize, oh, God, the bully's dad is like the sheriff. That is so perfect. And then he shoots at his feet and his kid like breaks down and begins to tremble. Did you notice he pissed his pants? No, I didn't. I didn't know. That's fantastic. That is cool. Yeah, and when he walks over to get the knife out of the mailbox, you see a wet spot in his crotch. Ah, uh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. See, I love that. I love that, you know, Henry Bowers is you know, always so scary. He's so bad. But to his dad, he's but a, he's a frightened little kid. You get that scene, or you get that earlier in the woods after he cuts Ben. And then he loses his knife, and he's like, I have to find I mean, He's frantically yeah. looking for his knife because his dad's going to kill him. And you get that sense right then that the only thing in the world he's he's afraid of is his father. Yeah. And um, So officially, I'm just going to go with the remake. I got to go with him as well. This kid was brilliant. I even said this when we were leaving the theater yesterday. I'm like, I have got to say, I love that kid because he was so easy. Like he actually cut Ben, which I'm glad they did because they did actually cut him in the book. So I'm glad they didn't puss out on that. But he actually cut Ben. He was about to shoot a cat, which, by the way, if that had (laughs) happened, I would have my head would have fucking exploded. Mm -hmm. Like I was going to be mad. I already had that sheep thing. Don't do this to me. (laughs) But, you know, he was about to shoot a cat. And And he wanted his friend to hold it there. To just Just hold hold the cat. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're done, put an apple on your head. I have a bow and arrow here. And so, I mean, he's this kid is evil, like just flat out evil. Yet he had the capacity to make me feel sorry for him when his dad scared the shit out of him. Like when he was when he was cowering, when his dad was shooting at his feet yeah. and he was like trembling and crying. I actually felt sorry for that kid. And if you can make me feel sorry for someone who is that much of a dick and, and just a, a horrible human being. I think you're a damn good actor. Yeah. Also one of my favorite scenes, and this is such an innocuous scene and it makes no sense at all that it means so much to me, but it's just a shot is when he is leaning against the hood of his car and you've got his house in the background. It's right before he walks to the mailbox, I think. Um, but he's either leaning on the hood of his car, like sitting back I think he's on sitting the- on the floor, leaning up against the front of the car. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Either way, it's the house in the background, then the car, then him in the foreground. And the way he's dry. Dra- oh, yeah, because he gets up off the ground to go to the mailbox. That's right. But he's wearing the jeans. He's wearing the, the T-shirt with the no sleeves. And he's got the bandana wrapped around his wrist. And he's got the mullet. I mean, it was perfect. You know, it... It nailed the time period to a point where I look at that shot and I believe that shot is actually from from the 80s. Like, not a film pretending to be an 80s film, but an actual 80s film. The, The feel of the cinematography, the look of it, everything was genuine. And for some reason, that particular shot just stuck out to me. No, I got, I got to look at that again now. Real quick, you mentioned mullet. I love the scene 
right after <laughs> bullet wearing motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> right after the rock fight when Richie he flips him the <laughs> bird and he's like, Fuck you, you mullet wearing asshole or something. <laughs> like yeah, that. something like that. <laughs> uh. Yeah, but anyway, definitely new one because old one he's just generic greaser asshole. Like he just I don't know, there's nothing special about him. The new one is easier to believe him becoming homicidal at the end than the old one where the old one was a was an asshole but you just didn't get that he could really kill you by from at least mm-hmm. i didn't well yeah i'm gonna go unpopular here then i'm gonna say i like the original more but i think i felt that because i felt he had more presence and the way he delivered his lines was more pronounced like um he he believed in his role more here but then again you can say that this works too because this kid is like kind of putting on a show because he's really a punk pussy or whatever, like his dad proved. So maybe this kid not being like like Henry Bowers believed in his own bullshit too much. So that's why uh, the the presence was there. This kid had half of that, and there was that underlying something is else is going on here. So. Uh, I think that's where I get that presence from. Um, but a, a lot of it could be that I've just seen the other movie like 20, 25 times or whatever. And I'm just, I just like it so much. And the greaser thing is funny and stuff. And um, I don't know. I just feel like he has more presence somehow. So I kind of have to go with that one. I don't, but like Brian said, I totally understand. I, de- I guess I don't believe he could become that killer guy, but by the time he is, he's so old. He has gray hair, and it's you know he's been locked up. He's mentally disturbed. He doesn't even talk, and he's looking at a moon with a clown's face talking to him. So, at that point, you're just crazy enough to do whatever. But that's also <laughs> followed by a horrible scene of a dog jumping out of a clown's suit. Clown, that is awesome. <laughs> oh god, that is like hilarious. But um, yeah, I'll go with the original Henry, even though. You guys are right. I'm still going to go with them for some reason. Huh? It's all personal. You like what you like. Uh, one more, one personal tidbit about the 80s-ness of this film. Oh, yeah, let's say it. <laughs> I knew we were going to um, mention this. Oh, wait. You mean the movie theater, right? Oh, oh the changing yeah, marquees. Yeah, I, I forgot about that, but yeah, no, I love that. I yeah. love it, you know. I love knowing that Lethal Weapon 2 and, <laughs> and Batman <laughs> and Batman were at the same time. Also, Nightmare on Elm Street 5. Oh, yeah. Let's mention where it gets real bad, guys. Like, I do love when movies do that. There was an episode of Black Mirror that, yeah, that, you're right, yeah. that did that, and you could just tell what year they were in based on what was on the movie marquee. It was the one where they're going to like the clubs and it's different years. And all you did, they didn't actually announce it. You just had to look at the surroundings and determine when you were. And they used the movie marquees and posters and stuff to do that. I thought that was a really cool idea. So I love that they did that here. I was so excited the first time we saw it because no one drew attention to it. No one said, hey, we're going to go see Lethal Weapon 2. You know, it just was in the background. So that was a really nice touch, something they didn't have to do. But they did, and I thought that was great. No, uh, on a personal thing, (laughs) uh, possibly embarrassingly, 
the jacket with the fringe that the bitchy girl was wearing in the pharmacy when she wrote on the uh yeah, loser on the cast yeah i mean lover <laughs> i had that exact jacket wow it was an acid like a an acid washed light blue denim jacket with white fringe and i wanted that jacket so bad were you a badass like her I was not a mean girl. <laughs> you didn't dump but garbage I, on girls in bathroom stalls? No, absolutely not. I was never like that. But I begged, 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 begged for that jacket. It was expensive, too. I mean, if it was, let's see, it was 1988. I remember because I was in the eighth grade. And, and I want to say it was it was either 125 or 150 to get this jacket. And I had to beg for it. I had to do chores. <laughs> like, um, I had to get really good grades. I mean, I was just, this was like my goal. Like, I wanted this jacket so bad. I You had to work off your derriere. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so when I saw that, when I saw her wearing that, I'm like, that's my jacket. I have that jacket. She's such <laughs> a bitch, she stole it. Bitch, that jacket cost $125. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Now, uh, we, I think we're having fun with a, we're not like battle comparison, but, uh, I think one comparison we should make from the original on this movie is the, the music score. Um, that I'm sorry, you cannot beat the score of the original film. In my opinion, it is just so amazingly perfect Especially for that movie, I, I don't know if it would have worked here. Probably not. Nothing ever really seems to translate well that way. It has to be the music of its time, I guess. Um, so what do you guys think about the music score here? This new movie, I felt it was all over the place in a way. Like they had so many different uh, music scapes. Well, they had a lot of licensed music uh, from the time. Like uh, I, I was personally happy while during the whole rock fight they started playing you know anti-social from yeah, anthrax i loved that but uh i think you're right because i can still remember the original soundtrack but this movie i just saw yesterday and i can't remember any significant music from it i don't think it was bad but i i do think the original it has something there that is more iconic or catchy or maybe maybe just because i've seen it so many times and this new movie i've only seen once wasn't it yeah yeah it had like that that dark carnival tone to yeah it. some parts uh, but some had a lot of this eerie piano that was just perfect um i wish i could play it somehow right now maybe uh well actually we're talking over it right now so just try to not pay attention to what we're saying and listen to that <laughs> I did really enjoy the score to this film that we saw yesterday. I remember remarking on it when we were walking out of the theater. I loved it. I don't I don't remember it now though. <laughs> That's the sad thing is I loved it while we were watching the movie. I even remarked on it when we were leaving the film. And now I can't remember what it sounded like. <laughs> But I can remember the original. So I guess that means something. Yeah. Yeah. 
the the kid's humor clearly was not in the novel. There's no way that those jokes were in there. So I'm glad that they did update. <laughs> and I wonder if those those jokes were almost good now. I mean, those those would have been like rolling on the floor laughing in 1989. Holy shit! <laughs> uh, I, I liked how. In this movie, like we said, we finally get Pennywise the Dancing Clown. That's awesome. And you also get... See, I I asked in when we did the original review, I said, why do you think Pennywise got so hung up on this float thing? Like, Georgie just asked him a simple question. He goes, do they float? And he goes, oh, yes, Georgie, they float. They all float. And when you're down here, you'll float too. And he pulls them in and he seemed to get fixated on that question and just sort of like uh, related it to all the rest of the kids because they all had to hear about you'll all float. So yeah, I I just didn't get why did he get so fixated? Then somebody said, oh, well, when they were hanging in the spider web at the end, you could consider that floating. I was like, oh, okay, I guess. You see... I just took it as you're going to be a dead body. And what do dead bodies do? They float. Uh, in the water, yeah. And well, in the sewers. You know, oh, they the have sewer. Water. Okay. So that's why that's how I always took it in the original uh, movie. Right. So now you actually get kids floating. So what do you think? Of, like, how eerie was that pile of belongings, though, that they were floating around? Oh my god. Oh, I love that whole scene where you you get to see his lair. It's very monster-like. It's very horror. It reminded me of Jeepers Creepers, where yeah. he, where he goes down into the where Dairy. Oh, that's so weird. Kid's name is Dairy in Jeepers Creepers. Ooh. Wait, where Dairy goes down into the pipe and then he finds the the lair. Everybody all stitched up to his all ceiling. The bodies stitched up. You know, I just I love the fact and why it reminds me of. This is because what you've got is something that has been taking place for a long, for a long, long time, yeah. fucking time in intervals. And it's just sort of built up over time and it's right there and nobody knows about it. I, I But I also like the otherness that it shows you. I mean, it just shows you this is what you're dealing with. I mean, at its most basic element it could just be a crazy killer clown with a machete or something. But here, this reinforce effects, nope, this is otherworldly. You can't explain, you know, 30 kids. Floating. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that just, it was really creepy. And it's weird. I guess he didn't, does he not eat them right away? Or, and like, I just don't really understand. And one, one thing I don't understand, and maybe I, did I zone out here? Did the, after they, by the way, uh, uh, I'll say real quick, though, real right now, anticlimactic sort of or bizarre sort of end of Pennywise. Um, the Did the kids, like, stop floating and then come down and were they all returned to their homes or something? Like, what happened to the kids that were floating? I they think don't. they were dead. Yeah, I'm sure they're dead, but, yeah, I don't know if they bring them home or tell the authorities. They were dead, but the one chick wasn't dead. Uh, well, she hadn't had time to get eaten yet, or something. I don't know. It's, but they were—they weren't eaten though. They were floating. I thought. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why he would have thirty kids floating around his house. If he's—I thought the whole point was he ate kids, 
and you taste better if you're scared. But does he eat their actual flesh or does, does he, he eat their soul? Eat their soul. Yeah, that's a good point. Because oh. maybe, and I don't, and I honestly don't know. I mean, this is not something I've ever considered. I just always assumed he ate them, like ate them, ate them. Yeah, with those razor teeth. Yeah, yeah. but maybe because when Stan was on the ground and the painting, like she didn't take a chunk out of his face. It was like she was sucking on his face. Yeah. Um, what a suck face. But he does at least chew on some of them because that's, you know, he ripped off Georgie's, Georgie's arm. arm. And then they mentioned there's some other kid who was found with his arm all. Oh, like, and there was the headless kid. Yeah. And there was yeah. the girl with no legs. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That was cool. I don't, I don't, maybe he's like the creeper. Maybe he only takes certain parts from certain yeah. kids. I don't know. Or maybe we just aren't supposed to think about it that hard. No, I think we yeah. are. They had to have thought of it. Oh, but go ahead. Go ahead. Did, did those kids not report that they found her kid in the sewers? I don't know. Remember when, when the first time? Wouldn't you have told somebody? Yeah, right? Yeah, you would think so. Yeah. I don't think they did. No. I think I would have. I'd be like, oh, look, here's Betty Ripson's yeah. sneaker or whatever. So what do you guys think about the non- um, symbolic and more Halloween six ending of Pennywise this time. Last time it was these magic silver stones that you have to believe will kill him in order to make it happen, which seems to be the crux of this movie. Like if you stop fearing him, it's all about beliefs and this and that, and that's what defeats him. And even that his very last word is uh, it's awkward as all hell. I mean, he's just this fear, and then he falls. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. But, like, them just beating him with pipes and bats and everything, uh, I guess it's cool for the moment, but I thought there'd be a a little bit more symbolism to his actual demise. Yeah, that is something that I would... I actually prefer that part of the... uh, Miniseries. Miniseries better is... Yeah, because it's all about your fears give him strength, so your beliefs would somehow be his downfall. Like the battery acid thing. Yeah. With the inhaler. This is battery acid, you slime. slime. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, here when they were just, like, hitting him with pipes and, you know, chains and they are just throwing an old-school beatdown on him, I, I guess the idea is they were no longer afraid. They conquered their fears. So you know, he had no power. Yeah. Because... The physical damage they were doing is almost secondary. It was just, you know, look at us. We don't fear you anymore. You're not scary. And that's what drove him off. I liked his first death when she rammed the pipe through his head. That that was cool. I like how the blood floats up. I thought that was a nice little touch. Right, yeah. It was, was, unfortunately, in our world, it still made you feel, oh, it's CGI. But... Right, and I, I did... It was funny because those exact thoughts went through my head when we were watching it, and I was watching the blood floating up. I was like, that looks cool. It's CGI. But it still <laughs> looks cool. <laughs> well, I mean, so was, like, Pennywise, giant Pennywise coming out of the screen. But when stuff like – I don't really mind CGI when it's used to do stuff like that, stuff that you can't physically do. It's when they use CGI for, like, gunshot wounds or, oh, you yeah. know. That's what really pisses me off because you can do that so much better practically, but, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last cool thing, I guess, is uh, 
well, there's a lot, but you know we're going to go over the every second. Uh, is the clear homage to Tim Curry's Pennywise when he goes into the room of clowns? There's an obvious Pennywise, the hey, dancing. Hey, clown. I was going to ask if you had saw that. Yeah, they have a little Pennywise clown in back. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was cool. Yeah, pretty amazing. I just want to know two things. One, is it scary? And two, what do you think is the scariest part? Oh, hell, that's tough. Uh, Yes, I do think it's scary. I wasn't trembling or like, oh, my God, but there are moments that are just creepy. Usually that's what affects me most. Uh, Rarely does a movie scare me, but really good ones can creep me out. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's, you know, I guess a lesser level of fear. But it's like, ooh, that's eerie. Um, as far as the scariest part, uh, I don't know. I mean, I really like the part where Bill's in the basement and Pennywise is like using Georgie as a puppet. I thought that was oh yeah. Um, scary? Uh, no, not exactly. I do feel that the movie did a great job of giving you a sense of dread throughout. Um, like you never, I never felt safe through through pretty much any of it. I guess, uh, you know, in the sense of from their perspective. Um, and there were definitely intense scenes where uh, I think if my theater played the movie a little louder, would have helped because it wasn't very loud, which I noticed, but. Uh, so there were intense scenes that I found myself tensed at when they were the scenes were over. I, I realized I had to go back to normal and um, things like that. But yeah, the like the two best scenes for me are when he was just shown right out of the projector and it was just huge. That was great. And the Georgie scene, that whole thing leading up to him running up the stairs was just perfect. Yeah. The best part. Holy shit. How can I almost forget to say this? Was when he first came out of the water and he was all looking up. Yeah. yeah like, I'll, I'll send you guys that picture. I mean, oh, my God. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, holy shit. That was so good. That's exactly what I sort of wanted. So, so yeah, that's I guess that's my answer. Not scary, just dreadful. Uh, what do you think? I thought it was scary. It didn't keep me up last night or anything, but I thought it was scary. And for me, in particular, it was the leper scene. Mm. Specifically when he he starts coming after him. Because like I said, I mean, the monster coming after you, that, that, that freaks me out. So like when Eddie started to run and he's like shambling after him, you know, and you've got that one leg that's like, don't. Don't, don't, as he's walking at him, you know, oh my God, like I really wanted to pee. It was, it was so scary for me. And then like he turns around and then it's Pennywise. Um, but for me, yeah. And then when the leper came back, I don't know whether, I think it was because he was very zombie like, mm. like he looked kind of like yeah, a, he did. a zombie to me. Well, he definitely and, moved like one. Yeah. And zombies freak me out, so I think that's probably why. But, yeah, that one, that got me. Um, Did either of you notice 
that this version of Pennywise, they gave two big buck teeth. Yeah, I did notice that, yeah. Did that bother anyone? Because sometimes um, I thought that was a little, like, distracting or off-putting. I, it was distracting in, in the sense that I noticed it a lot. Yeah. But I, it didn't bother me. I just kind of thought that was supposed to give prominence to his teeth on the whole is how I viewed it. Not just like, not like there were two rabbit teeth sticking out. That's not what I saw when I looked at it. I just, I almost did. They look like kind of like beaver teeth. Hmm. Uh, I noticed it. Definitely. Um, bother me. Yeah. A little, but nothing to where I, I will take away from any, you know, from the character for it. But yeah, it, it was mildly distracting. Okay. Overall, I like the look of Pennywise. I think he did a good job designing him. Oh, yeah. And in the still pictures, remember how they were joking and they made uh, the picture of Ace Ventura in the tutu <laughs> with, yeah. with him and stuff? Yeah, the stills do not do it justice, but when it's uh, f- a moving, living thing, it's fine. Yeah, that's like uh, seeing a previews uh, for this before beforehand i didn't know how i was gonna like the pennywise costume i mean it was all frilly at the bottom public sleeves yeah but it was very old school yeah and i honestly think he was costumed better here than he was in the miniseries i do too i think the miniseries he just looked goofy yeah but which i mean like a clown i get but that's like just generic clown here they gave it like a period Kind of reminded me of the clown from Clown. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, they gave, it's a period piece clown this time, like from, something from the 20s or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and in the other one, he could have been a clown today, um, or in the 90, 1990. I guess he could still be today. Yeah, even Although today, yeah. if you've seen that miniseries, they're going to run screaming. <laughs> Yeah, he could even be a clown today, I guess, with the what he had then. Um, I don't know. I think they both fit what they were both doing. You know, like, for example, I, I sort of agree with what you, you're meaning or saying when you say that. But think when I think back to the scene where Ben's dad was in the middle of the water and he's like, oh, I love that. Yeah. And they pan up like you can't beat that look. <laughs> I mean, it's just so fucking great, especially he was holding the balloons and shit like, yeah, I can't I can't say anything about that. I love how they slowly introduce it. Like first he's in his Air Force uniform and, and then you look away and then you look back and he's in his Air Force uniform. But th- this time he has big orange buttons on it. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, everything's the same, but he just says he's big ass orange buttons. <laughs> hey, Ben. And then, ben. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then he's holding balloons and then all of a sudden, and then the way Pennywise leans forward and waves to him and stuff as it like, ah, oh, perfect. Real quick, in general, I just want to say I think they did something really smart in how they separated the two movies, like mm-hmm. giving us the 1980s all at once. Mm-hmm. And now when the sec- second one comes out, it's going to be those same kids, but as adults. Yeah, ver- versus where in the miniseries there was Went a lot back of back and, and forth. forth. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Too. Oh, wow. I did not notice that. Yeah. So the next movie, I can only assume everybody will be getting a phone call and, you know, just pick right up. Look at that. Wow. They did not all get phone calls. No, it was nothing but the 80s kids part. We don't know 
who's going to be playing the adults. Right. No, you know. <laughs> and it's funny, I didn't think of that because I was actually wondering who's going to play them. And my mind should have said, oh, well, you should already know because they were in the first movie. <laughs> but instead, no, they were not in the first movie. And somehow that did not occur to me. So, yeah, it's interesting. And I like both. Uh, obviously, the, the miniseries is more creative and stuff like that because – this is a straight movie, so that's not exactly creative. So uh, it's creative to have this phone call. It's back. Uh, what do you mean? And, no, you know, the viewer doesn't know what he means. Nobody knows. And then you see little bits and pieces, and you see how it all comes together. And then and we're all coming back. Like, that's awesome. Great. Setup. Well, yeah. For a miniseries, which is essentially one big, long movie, that works. But they couldn't have done that with this movie and then expect to keep you um, for the second film. You know, they couldn't have played both time periods at the same time. It would have made it awkward. By the way, it made $51 million domestically opening day. Woo. Good for it. Uh, worldwide is 76. Nice. So I think it's safe to say we're getting the sequel. Yeah. Cause they have a $35 million budget. They're going to, I mean, that was only for Friday. And now we've got nothing but positive reviews coming mm -hmm. out. And we're all probably going to see it twice. It's going to fucking blow up. I'm excited. And I got to say, I think this director did a damn good job. And it's funny because the only movie I saw from him before this was that movie Mama. And I wasn't really a fan of that. Yeah, we reviewed that one. Uh, did you end up? I don't – you know what's weird about me? I don't even know my own reviews sometimes. That happens to me all, all the time. <laughs> like I forgot what I even said and it almost makes me think, well, I guess this whole show is a waste of time because even I don't know what I said. So how can I expect anybody else to think any of this matters? And then I'm like, you know what? It's not about the numbers. That's why we kind of stopped giving number ratings anyway here because it's more about the experience, the conversation and the fun – and yeah, how right. that translates to the listener and all that—that's that's all that really is important. Not exactly what we thought or some kind of uh, stats keeping. I never, I never like numbered uh, ratings. I'd only ever use them if a publisher or somebody would force me to use it. I just go, you know, I like it, or I liked it a lot, or I didn't, or I hated it. You know. Yeah, so we do. We do Netflix ratings. What we used to. Oh, by the way, that's not even a thing anymore. You guys notice Netflix is only thumbs up or down yeah, now? Yeah, I hate that. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, yeah, I hate it because it has seriously skewed the algorithm. Yeah. Like it, it, they are so wrong now. They <laughs> used to be spot on. I don't know what they did, but if they recommended a movie, you know, four stars, yeah. I mean, I would really like the movie. If they gave a movie two stars, yeah, I really didn't like the movie. So they were dead on, but now it's just, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down. And then they do stuff like there is a 92% chance you'll like this movie. <laughs> and there's been some horrible stuff we saw that was rated, you know, there's a 90% chance you'll love this movie. And we watch it. And I'm like, oh, hell no. Yeah. yeah. Well, the disappointments room was like 96 or 98%. Yeah, that's crazy. And that wasn't even a movie. <laughs> um. I just accidentally stumbled on, because I was looking, I don't even remember what I was looking at now, but 
suddenly the article popped up where it was announced that Will Poulter will no longer star as Pennywise the Clown. I was like, <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, yeah, I guess I was right. Okay. But he basically, he wasn't initially supposed to play Pennywise, but he had to drop out due to scheduling conflicts. So that's when it says Bill, Sk- and then it says Bill Skarsgård, known for his role in Allegiant, will take over the role. So it was supposed to be Poulter. He dropped out because he couldn't do it. And then they brought in Skarsgård. I think he did a great job. I do too. Is he better than uh, Curry? No. But I don't think he's noticeably weaker either. He did his own thing. And I think he did it well. Well, I don't think he should have any difficulty getting around the shadow of Tim Curry, to be honest. Because I think he did an amazing job. He did it differently. He didn't. It was clear he wasn't trying to emulate Curry. Um, No, not at all. Would have have been a mistake yeah. i i think he'll be i mean he's standing on his own and i think that he'll be just as revered g- going down the line yeah mm-hmm. yep so there you go guys that was the long long very highly anticipated long wait for it 2017 it is finally here finally saw it um god I avoided all the trailers and all that stuff because why do I need to see anything about something I know I'm going to see and probably will like. So uh, that was it. Thanks for listening. We got the show out. Let's see. It came out Thursday. So you had to wait like three or four days. Not too bad of a turnaround time. Uh, We don't release shows on weekends because uh, apparently they're... Very poor downloads on weekends. For some reason, you guys are far too busy to download our shows on the weekends, which is understandable. And guys, remember, like I said, check out the original It review, 1990s It, on show number 78 of The Skeleton Crew. February 20th, 2014, we went in-depth with that movie, Uh, so check that out if you're in major It mode. Alright, so thanks again a lot Brian for coming on man and uh, filling in for Dan who couldn't see this unfortunately well like I said thanks for having me I had a ball Jamie thank you oh thank you I loved it I was excited to talk about it yep me too alright guys until next time this is the Skeleton Crew and we will see you later <laughs>